This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink Drink About It. It. You're listening to Let's Drink About It, a podcast where we proceed from the premise that not only can every life event be paired with a cocktail, every life event should be paired with a cocktail. I'm your host, Benjamin R. Harrison. And I'm your other host, Chris Bowman. And our lovely and talented guest today is Patrick Dacey, the proprietor of Duke's Liquor Box, a liquor store in my neighborhood that I really like because it is full of amazing and very unusual stuff. Sure is. Um, <laughs> welcome, Patrick. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good um, to be here. So how did uh, Duke's Liquor Box, what, what, what do you describe it as if, if you know, somebody at a party asks you what you do? Uh, it, it's, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not your average liquor store whatsoever. And, like and, most uh, of the liquor stores in this neighborhood are like, how many kinds of Polish vodka are available to sell? <laughs> we will sell those. And like, and like Midori. <laughs> right. And, and then how many, uh, flavored versions of it can you have? Yeah. Well? yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, have they invented butterscotch flavored vodka they have they have indeed yes uh, and, yeah. and and the flavored vodka category believe it or not is is a strong category yeah uh, it's, it's probably 25 percent of the liquor business it's quite possible quite possible <laughs> and now you've you've got flavored whiskeys entering the market which uh, yeah. which i think is just it's, it's blasphemy almost there are some, <laughs> yeah for sure it is there are some well done slightly however yeah uh, I, I would describe the the shop as as um we 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 go after it as though what we're drinking is a food product hmm. and uh so we'd like to know where it's made who makes it what it's made from so we're looking for some transparency um and and um and we're looking for something different and and exciting and so that's that's really kind of the gist of it Patrick, having your job, does it uh, involve a lot of travel? Like, do you go to some of these distilleries and get to see how these things are made, or is this a lot of just research on your part and, and info that they send you? Um, well, it, it should be uh, half and half, um, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, it we're I'm starting to travel more often now for it. In yeah. fact, in uh, September, I'm going to Oaxaca. Nice. Uh, to, to visit a few distilleries in, in Mexico. Can so, we come? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and there, for, we're very lucky in New York right now. Uh, there are several distilleries, or quite a few actually, um, right here in Brooklyn, in um, uh, uh, not that far outside of Brooklyn, in Westchester, um, up north in Warwick. And I've been to a lot of those, especially our local ones here in New York, and learned a lot mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. from uh, from those guys. But also, it's a lot of research on my part that, that yeah. we started and. Well, I just think of, I think of, uh, I mean, I've only been in the shop once myself. We met you the one time we came in and, uh, or the one time I came in and, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a small shop, but incredibly well stocked. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure you could talk all, I mean, in fact, I'm sure you do talk all day about the products that you have on your shelf. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I really appreciate it. Cause you know, I, there's nothing worse than, you know, I, going into a liquor store and needing some kind of obscure type of brandy or, you know, you know, some, something weird and asking, asking about it and just getting blank looks from, from the people that work there. It's like, are you not interested at all in, (laughs) in what you do? Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like the same thing as going to the hardware store and asking for, uh, 10 penny sinker and getting a blank look it's like you work at a hardware store you should know what that is (laughs) (laughs) it's so much of so much of of that this industry has become commodity yeah so and that's kind of what happens is you have um uninterested and uninformed staff at a lot of these a lot of these shops and so that's i think that's that's changing you know especially with with what's you're seeing come available in the in the in the um you know, in the spirits industry now. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, uh, I actually meant to hide that bottle of Aperol before you came over. Cause I've heard you, uh, get, get kind of, uh, get kind of strident when it comes to the stuff with blatant food coloring in it. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I don't know, I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting point. You know, you look at, you look at that and that's not, that's candy, not food. <laughs> right, right, and and um, I mean, it's it tastes good to me, but I, I, you know, it's probably and it's probably based on something that didn't look like that, and they have kind of like gone fluorescent over the years. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, but like you have like a lot of 
you stock a lot of things that are kind of alternatives to the main market, you know, crazy color, <laughs> yeah, everything, and uh, and are really good and and you know, I I would say more rewarding to the palate because they aren't just kind of a one note flavor situation. Yeah, it's it's like you know drinking, um, you know, lack of a lack of a better analogy, um, Coca Cola, you know, uh, all your life, and then tasting a gourmet actual cola soda mm. you know and 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 you see you know you, you taste the difference yeah um so it's same thing with with those products like we've we've been you know it's it's there's almost a monopoly in most of the bars uh that we go and get these um components put together into a cocktail so it's it's uh, nearly impossible to walk into a bar and say, I'd like a Negroni, but I'd like to have a, a, a bitter liqueur that doesn't have any food coloring, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but once you have the opportunity to try that yourself and put those side by side, I, I notice the difference myself. And, and I, I think most people do as well. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if, I wonder if there's, you know, if this is the beginning of kind of a shift in the way the market works where, you know, like I, I don't think Campari's main enthusiasts are also are, are are enthusiastic about it because it has food coloring. Like I think that almost everybody that likes Campari would like it to not be fake, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if if they if they had a choice, sure. But you know, there's just not awareness, right? Is what the thing is 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 that uh, and Campari is very well marketed. In fact, it's probably one of the best marketed brands in, in the world. Right. Cause it tastes disgusting. Like it's amazing that they can sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, you know, we, we've got alternatives to that. We have, and, and, and the, the truth is Campari is a very old recipe. Yeah. Um, but th- there were other recipes just as old, um, and, and, and just as good and, and different and better. And, um, it's just, they were the, you know, they're the best marketed, uh, bitter in the world seems like yeah mm-hmm. so um there are alternatives to that and and we do have some and and other things like that yeah well it's a it's a really cool stop shop and i think um anybody that anybody that finds themselves in greenpoint that is a fan of this show will will really enjoy a trip in there definitely um, thank you guys now patrick you said <clears throat> you brought some some weird some weird bottles i by. I, I did indeed and, I, uh, uh, Again, this I'm is, burned this by is... being up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, maybe uh, maybe I'll convince Patrick to leave a dram or two behind, uh, and, uh-huh. and when you come come down next time, Chris, I'll uh, all right. I'll give you a sip. Okay. Well, the whole both the bottles are gifts for, oh, for you guys, so wow. you keep okay, the whole Okay, so one it'll... one one is here waiting for you, Chris. Oh, uh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Thank you, Patrick, because um, he definitely won't be able to get whatever it is at the uh, liquor control board of Ontario no, official no. liquor store. Ugh, no, don't remind me. Uh, do you, what? Yeah, those those state run, those state run shops are, <laughs> pretty insane. Kind of a kind of a. Do you have like trouble getting stuff because you're because of the weird laws about shipping booze around the United States? Uh, myself? Yeah. Or do you well, work only through distributors? Well, so it's you kinda... you you have to work through within a, a network um, that's approved by the federal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yes and no. Like there are definitely. Uh, producers that are outside of New York that can't afford to do business in New York or choose not to. Yeah. Um, so that's a product that we, we um, are not allowed to sell. Um, so, for example, there's several whiskeys made in Texas that uh, haven't been able to, to uh, or, or choose not to crack uh, the market. Uh, right. Or, like, you know, pay to play to be in New York. You know, mm. it's, it's a... Huh. It's expensive to get label approval, and then you have to deal with distributors uh, within your network. Um, so within New York, your distributor has to be in New York, and Jeez. you know. So the the what what the kind of the the catch to that or loophole is that if uh, in if your distillery is based in New York State and you're using all New York grains right. or, or, hmm. or you know grown products to make it then in that case you as a producer can sell directly to uh, a retailer uh, which would be us which would be an off-premise license or a bar which would be an on-premise 
Yeah. Um, and you can skip the distributor, but everybody else has to go through distribution and those have to be approved. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, having had a little peek inside the producer side of the, of the, of the liquor business, I, you know, the, the legal loopholes was, were just mind numbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, it's one of like, I, I'm, I tend to be like pretty, you know, pretty pro regulation. Like I don't think that big business has always got our best interest at heart and should, should be watched. But when you, when you're trying to start something and it's like, wow, like we have to spend $50,000 on lawyer fees just to get like ready to start. Sure. <laughs> it just feels insane. Like, you know, like, it, like there's too much friction there. Um, but then again, I guess I'm glad I'm not buying alcohol and bringing it home and pouring myself a turpentine and soda or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, um, should we, uh, should we take a taste of these guys? Should I go grab them? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I I'm going to get us a oh, couple this, of glasses. This is going to be fun for me and all the other listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what do we got here? So I, I think what was, um, we might want to save uh, this bitter amaro for, oh, yeah. for the end of our oh, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, of our journey here. I'm happy to do that. Um, and then um, this is uh, Maureen Kina, um, which is a from from what I've uh, read about it. Uh, now this it, is a a matte black bottle, totally opaque. So I'm I'm uh, and and there's a green devil on the front, so I'm a little bit terrified awesome. of what's inside. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> but is uh is is that the same Kina as in Kina Lele or similar? Kina refers to a uh, 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 um, Kinkona or or Kinkona bark, which oh. is a bittering uh, or a bitter liqueur. Yeah. Um, in this case, this this the the package and label is quite iconic. Um, yeah. There was uh, this producer was was in France uh, before their prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't know they had one. They did, as a matter oh. of fact. In fact, it's pretty fascinating how many countries had prohibition other than the U.S. Wow, like it's, I, it's, I had no idea. Yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, so there was a they commissioned an artist to produce that label. Um, which became a, a, a very uh, famous and iconic label for that product. Yeah, it looks like uh, the kind of thing that would be like framed next to a Le Chat Noir uh, <laughs> poster in somebody's house. Yeah, and you'll you, now that you're seeing this, you'll you'll recognize it once you see it in restaurants because nice. it is it is all over the place. Then they went into their prohibition, and production of this product stopped for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and it has now re- resumed, and uh, they make they make two vermouths as well. Um, they make a sweet and a dry vermouth. This liqueur is a cherry liqueur with bitter almond and a few other um, oh my herbs. God. Wow. Um, it's really delicious. It's it's not as dangerous as the label looks <laughs> like it would be. Yeah, I mean, it looks it's it's like if if an art director gave you this on a movie set, you'd be like, oh, the poison bottle is <laughs> <Yeah>. prepared. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, demon blood, my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, well, it looks a little demon bloody. It, do, it is, yeah. It's like um, it's got, a, got a nice, a nice red hue to it. Sixteen yeah. percent alcohol, so not so it's not it's, jet fuel. Right, right. And it's <laughs> cheers, cheers. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's that is quite nice. I could see substituting that for like a Lillet Rouge. Absolutely, and and it's it's a it, it's very versatile as well. Is it uh, is it shelf stable or should I refrigerate? Um, it's probably shelf stable, but I would refrigerate it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a whole lot of residual sugar in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it does have some sugar. That's that's where we're getting some of the sweetness from. Yeah. Man, really good. Um, yeah, and uh, your your shop is also like constantly doing tastings with all kinds of cool stuff. We are. It's it's pretty important uh, for our shop as well because almost everybody's response when they when they walk into our store for the first time is, I don't never recognize heard of any of yeah, this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, what is this stuff? I don't see any brand I recognize. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to the whiskey wall that we have. You know, right. people expect, oh, I'm gonna recognize a bourbon, and they walk in and go, wow, I. I don't recognize any of this. What is this? Right. There's definitely like a section of society that is like really turned on by that. But most people are like just trying to play it safe for the most part. And, you know, if you're spending $65 on a container of some th- something that has, you know, 750 milliliters of whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. it's like, mm, I want to know I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah so that that's crucial being able to taste that that product first and yeah uh well that's that is fabulous and uh we'll we'll save the amaro for later but um uh, maybe for now, we should get into the life events. What do you say, Mr. Bowman? I say we do it. I recently uh, went to a cottage, which I believe you guys refer to as a cabin uh, <laughs> by the water. And uh, I'm going again next week, actually tomorrow, early tomorrow morning, Um and I need a drink to go with that. Even though I think I know what it is, usually it's beer and where to drink it on the dock. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, 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 Chris. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I don't know. need your whole exegesis on <laughs> how much you like beer. We know. <laughs> I just sip a beer here and there. Uh, anyway, yeah, I need a drink for uh, for my upcoming cottage trip. Um, well, I got stuck in the elevator, and I need a drink for that. Wow. <laughs> Patrick, how about you? So I recently discovered the ability to cook bacon in the oven. Yes. I had uh, been skillet, skillet frying it for quite a long time, my entire life, I'd say. And, yeah. Uh, and, and realized that it's a revelation. I, now I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look like a man that needs a drink, Patrick. I do. I certainly do. Okay. <laughs> Well, Patrick, you're going to be on the logic that bacon is incomplete, absent eggs. Uh, I decided to make you a cocktail that has egg white in it. Nice. Uh, and I decided to go real classic and also brunch, brunch favorable, uh, <laughs> or brunch friendly, excuse me. Uh, this is the Clover Club cocktail. Uh, ounce and a half, I'm sure you've had a million of these, ounce and a half of gin, <laughs> Uh, Three-quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, two teaspoons of raspberry syrup, and one fresh egg white. Wow. So we're going to combine the ingredients in a shaker, dry shake without ice for 10 seconds, add ice, shake it again for 10 more seconds, and strain into a chilled cocktail glass. Mm. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin. Yes. You will be drinking, I think this is a classic. I'm not, I think it's a classic. It's called a Blackthorn. Uh, it's an ounce and a half of Plymouth gin, three-quarter ounces of Plymouth slow gin, three-quarter ounces of Carpano Antica sweet vermouth, two dashes of house orange bitters, so, I mean, whatever you want to choose to, do, to use. Uh, you're sure. going to stir with ice and strain into a chilled coupe and garnish with an orange twist. Cool. Uh, that sounds really yummy. Um, Chris, you are going to be drinking... Uh, whiskey cobbler and I don't I think we've never done a cobbler on the show despite the fact that it's like one of the oldest and and uh, most beloved classic classes of cocktail Mm. Um, so uh, and I read that like cobblers were like the most popular kind of drink period in like 1830 like and and like I don't see them on menus that much at all what Um, a year to be alive yeah 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 oh to be young again um so uh the whisk this whiskey cobbler is two ounces of bourbon uh quarter quarter ounce of sugar syrup fresh raspberries and blackberries and two dashes of peach bitters so uh you're gonna shake all of those ingredients including five of the berries and uh Strain it into a Collins glass filled with crushed ice and top it off with soda water and then garnish it with more raspberries and blackberries and uh, serve with a straw. So I think the two definitional parts of a cobbler are it's got ice and it's got a straw. Mm-hmm. And that's because in 1830, like both of those were like, whoa, ice yeah. and straws? No <laughs> <Technology>. way. <laughs> Technology, yeah. yeah. And uh, I actually read, I, this may be apocryphal, but I read that the straw was invented by a guy who wanted to figure out how to drink drinks with lemon juice in them without the seeds getting in his mouth and so he devised the straw as being like too narrow for the seeds to get up and uh yeah just block it all together yeah exactly (laughs) just get lodged in the end yeah Uh, but uh you know thanks to that guy we have the whiskey cobbler cool let's let's go do this (laughs) let's go make them yeah Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. 
I'm uh, breaking out the nice crystal glassware. Indeed. Nice. Almost everybody in my uh, in my uh, wife's family for our wedding gave us some form of crystal barware. <laughs> I really nice. appreciated, but I was like, "Damn, y'all think I am a drunk? <laughs> a fancy drunk?" But uh, <laughs> yeah, you just, have, you just have to have more parties, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but it's like stuff that I'd be scared to put out at a party. Yeah, my friends, come on. Yeah. Give them a couple of years. Well, I like my Blackthorn cocktail quite a bit. I'll tell you what, this whiskey cobbler tastes just like mom used to make. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm very happy with, with your selection. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick's drink is a little bit different than what I read out. I, uh, I had a very yellow orange in my fruit bowl that I had... Marked as a as a lemon and decided not to go buy more lemons, and then I picked it up and realized that I'd used it for to make a twist for another drink. So it had like a big part of the peel taken out of it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a little. I would, I would be a little bit embarrassed. And then I cut open and uh, it was orange inside. So uh, well, I used lime juice instead. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, how's that? Uh, what are you drinking over there, Chris? Cobbler? Uh, a whiskey cobbler. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Whiskey yeah. Cobbler, yeah. Whiskey cobbler. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Um, That's a Jamie Boudreau uh, take on the on the cobbler. I think sherry is the most traditional cobbler spirit, but um, in, uh, in place of whiskey. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So not even that boozy a drink. I think it was like something that you would give kids. You know. Wow. Yeah. It's like a uh, fruit, it's like a, a nice fruit drink. Like the sherry cobbler, you mean, not the yeah. whiskey cobbler, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> well, uh, that's like, and that's a pretty relaxed whiskey cobbler. I saw some that were just like, it was just like booze and fruit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, two ounces of whiskey is still pretty boozy. Yeah. Uh, but with the crushed ice, I mean, yeah, it's 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 watering down fairly quickly, so it just means I'm going to have to drink it quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I do <laughs> love a go. crushed ice drink, though. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, guys, uh, I got uh, so every morning I take my dog Darwin to the dog park, and um, I got home on Tuesday morning, and uh, we got on the elevator and made it about halfway to the second floor before the elevator stopped, and all of the buttons were <laughs> dead. Oh no! And uh, and. Nothing was going on, so I uh, pushed the call for assistance button, which I'm actually happy to report called somebody wow. for assistance. <laughs> and uh, the one thing that I will say that is really weird about that button is the person on the other end of the line, it doesn't see, it, it seems like their job is m- not mainly receiving elevator emergency phone calls. Oh. Which is good, I think, because, yeah. you know, you, it's it's good that there aren't, like, dedicated operators all over the country waiting for elevator emergencies, because yeah. yeah. that probably means there's not that many. But uh, And or I should be way more panicked about stepping onto an elevator. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, you know, she's like, hello? You know, <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm on an elevator, and it's not going anywhere, and none of the buttons work. And she had me try a couple things. She had me pull out the, like, emergency uh stopper or whatever that she, is she had you ripping out wires and touching them together <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah jump yeah. start the now, elevator now now cross cross <laughs> yeah. tap the yellow wire yeah. with the blue wire not the green ask- wire not the green wire <laughs> i'm colorblind oh no <laughs> uh, <laughs> did she ask you where you were yeah so i had to give my address and she said that there would be somebody there in 10 to 15 minutes and like an i don't I'm going to say 45 minutes to an hour later, the guy actually showed up and sprung me. But in the meantime, I uh, I just had a little hoot uh, live tweeting my, my yeah. uh, being trapped on an elevator. I, it was like 125 degrees in there, and I was in there with my dog just sweating bullets. The dog was miserable. Not filled with trash, though. No. Yeah. When, when Patrick got over here today, the uh, super was putting out the garbage, so he stepped oh. onto the elevator, and there were it was just heaps of garbage bags. <laughs> was, uh, or, or as I like to call it, a welcome mat. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, I've I've been thinking I should go get all those tweets and put them. That's like a website where you can Storify or whatever. Oh yeah, Storify. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, I I, I think I was. Uh, uh, one of my recent uh, barrage of doctor visits, I think I missed out on the live <laughs> event, so I had to go back and, and read and then watch some of the videos where you're just like, literally, you look like a drowned cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweaty. Yeah, so man. Funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was uh, it was weird. It, you know, it was like, it's. I have like a weird personality where I don't have the emotional reaction to, to anything that's happening to me until way after the fact. Right. And so I was like, I was like, you know, like, wow, that sucked. And then, and then like later in the day, I was like emotionally distraught about it. A little PTSD. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, it definitely took me a couple of uh, up and down the stairs before I forgot and just took the elevator again. But so you, you don't panic at all. Like in that situation, I mean, obviously you were. You were preoccupied by, you know, fucking announcing to your awaiting public what was happening to you. But, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah, my- you, you, uh, you know, you don't, it didn't cross your mind at all. You know, oh, God, how long am I going to be here? I guess because you had contact with the outside world. So, yeah, I mean, and I don't know, maybe there was something about the fact that I was at home um, that made it not as as freaky or something i don't know yeah, but and not, it, and not down a mine shaft kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah I, I knew like within you know within five feet of how high off the ground i was so i was uh not super scared that i like i was like if this thing falls for some crazy reason it's not gonna fall but if it did i would be not far to go fine probably yeah. you know it might <clears throat> I might get a bruise, but I wouldn't break anything. Well, know? I think at one, I think the one video I saw, you were kind of like almost slumped down on the ground, sort of half sitting, half lying down. <laughs> yeah, you might not. Your back might have done uh, sustained some damage, but yeah. uh, you would have been okay. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I, I was. I was coming back from Manhattan. Uh, I think it was yesterday, and uh, took the East River ferry from Midtown. Oh yeah, um, stuck on the ferry. That no. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, and I had to. Uh, I had to use the restroom terribly uh walking all the way there and and on the way to the ferry uh couldn't you know there wasn't anywhere to stop and use it so i made it to the made it to the ferry dock realized there's no restroom at the at the 34th street right is there one on the ferry well there is Uh, yeah and i i've taken it quite often so I'm, i'm familiar with it enough to know that there are restrooms on the ferries they're usually labeled out of order and they're never out of order Typically. Oh, so this is like so, this, the crew on the ferry is like, we, we're trying to keep this nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I knew this was there. I knew it was available. Yeah. Uh, and this was on, uh, it, it, it was Saturday. So Your it was, secret is out, New York Waterway Company. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I jumped on the ferry. It's packed full of people, tourists mainly because it's a Saturday. Yeah. I go straight to the back. First restroom out of order, and it's actually locked. Second <laughs> restroom out of order, green light. Go inside, pitch black. The lights don't work. <laughs> I got to pee so bad. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter, F right? It. So, I shut the door as at, at the well. I step in. I turn to flip the light on. Doesn't quite work. Trying to so I, I just I just start going at it. And <laughs> as I'm relieving myself, I pull the door shut, and the door handle falls off in my hand. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so it was truly out of order. Oh wow! Oh, that's amazing. Uh, at that point, uh, the relief of of uh, you know, being able to to relieve myself was <laughs> yeah. was was it overwhelmed the panic, the panic yeah. of oh my god I'm trapped in a <laughs> yeah. out of order bathroom on the ferry on a boat yeah a boat. yeah if this boat starts sinking <laughs> you're done you know can anyone hear me shout I'm near the engine yeah. room I don't know what's going on here yeah. the the door was so flimsy I knew I could bust my way out of it if I had to yeah um, fortunately I was able to attach the doorknob and <laughs> after after fumbling around with it in the dark for quite a while I I burst the door open. And there's an entire family of tourists sitting directly in front of the bathroom <laughs> door that just looked at me in shock. Did, did, did one of them, like, wordlessly raise his cell phone and take a picture of you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I was on social media somewhere, thank God. Uh, but yeah. I, I made it out of there alive. Yeah, well, uh, we're, glad, we're glad you did, because, you know, we wouldn't have a guest today, and that, that uh, you know, that will not do. Yeah, not uh, for one, glad both you made it out, because I'd be sitting here talking into the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, I survived my ordeal, but I'm uh, I'm very glad to have this blackthorn to uh, soothe my 
soothe my post-traumatically stressed nerves. And is that a that's a pretty potent drink, isn't it? It is a potent drink. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely like it's one of those everything in this is booze drinks. Yeah, you know, I have to be honest, and I think I my taste for like those you know put hair on your chest kind of drinks, uh, <laughs> like I, I I'm it's not that I'm losing it necessarily, but I think I'm kind of I like to enjoy my drinks, and you know, if a drink is served up. And it's just full of chilled booze. It's going to be warm by the time I finish it, generally, you know? Yeah. So well, I, that's I, my problem is that I am so committed to it being frosty all yeah. the way all the yeah. way through that I, I drink it quickly. Okay. Well, that is a, that's a, I was going to say it's a good problem, but I don't think that is a good problem. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, like, I, I'm totally, I agree. Like, I, I tend to bias my drinking toward either you know, something that isn't mixed at all or something that is on a lot of ice. But this is mm-hmm. delicious. Like, I, I mean, I, uh, I, I I have no complaints. Good. Um, well, the, the, the original straight-up martini was, was uh, intended to be consumed in literally two sips. Huh. Um, ice was such a luxury, and, and the U.S. was really where, where that, that uh, like... A martini with one cube of ice just stirred in, in a uh, in a rocks glass was kind of traditional outside of the U.S. for a while. Yeah, um, but yeah, straight up martini. It's it's that's that's a that's two and done. Right. You know. So I mean, according to uh, old times, I'm living in the lap of luxury with a glass full of ice and a straw. <laughs> indeed. <Yeah. laughs> indeed. 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 I, I did. I did read uh, that 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 another uh, explanation for the origin of the straw was bad teeth. Huh. Uh, it was a way to uh, to get the booze straight past your sensitive teeth and right into your to your belly. Uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> you yeah. know, instead of instead of th- figuring out a way to you know improve uh, dental care, they just you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is addressing the symptom, not the yeah. uh, not the let's, root of the problem. No, let's pun just intended. skip the teeth altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't long after that they invented the blender. Soft drinks. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. a good point. Priorities were definitely in the right place then. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, well, Patrick, I uh, I have been vaguely aware that you can prepare bacon in the oven. I almost yeah. made you like a bacon washed something <laughs> drink, which is uh, was super popular about three and a half years ago. I you feel can like. wash things yeah. in bacon. Uh, well, you you know, bacon washed whiskey or bacon washed yeah. gin. Where they? Yeah, it was it was it was quite a fad. Oh. Three or four years ago, yeah, it's it's not really anymore at all. Not so much. Uh, a a nice slab of bacon and a Bloody Mary is appreciated, I would say. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I grew up uh, around. I grew up in Texas, so bacon was probably part of you know at, at very least every every breakfast, if not on every <laughs> th- single burger you ate. I thought yeah. you were gonna say part of your genetic makeup. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's quite possible. My liver is all uh, bacon, fat, and, uh, and alcohol right now. Yeah. It's not worth anything, really. <laughs> but, I, you know, I grew up uh, watching my dad cook bacon in a skillet and having to cook it in batches because he couldn't fit two pounds of bacon in one skillet. So, right. you know, it's an hour and a half before all of your bacon was cooked. Then you fried your breakfast sausage in that grease. Right. Then you saved that grease and fried your eggs in that grease. That's good eats. Then you set it around. Now, three hours now has gone by, and you're eating breakfast, and it's it's uh, it was delicious and heavy mm. duty. And yeah, um, uh, and it must have been a few years ago. I think I saw a neighbor. I had a had a party, and we went to their house. It was like a, a brunch party type of thing, and I saw her pulling pans of bacon out of her oven, several cookie <laughs> sheets of bacon, and I thought. How, how do you that's cheating like that doesn't work how does that you, you can't this can't work right and the party went on and bacon was served and i never th- kind of really thought about it after that and then uh somebody else somehow it came up again and all of a sudden it dawned on me that wait a minute this is a real thing and yeah, so yeah. i i consulted the internet i uh, discovered that uh you don't even have to preheat your oven um and you don't even need a, a rack you just need a cookie sheet and foil if you want Mm-hmm. Lay a whole pound of bacon out on the, or as many much as you want onto a cookie sheet. Stick it in the oven, top rack. Then turn the oven on to four, four hundred, four fifteen. Set your timer for seventeen minutes, and you have perfectly done bacon. A little bit longer if you want, and it, it's it's changed my life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, that's. I mean, I don't know if any of our listeners are uh, fans of Dan Benjamin and the Five by Five podcast uh, group, but he talked about that a while back, and he 
dubbed it the bacon method. He <laughs> ah. uh, but this is something my mother has done my entire life. So I've really? grow, I've grown up with bacon uh, uh, made in the oven. Like, Let it never be said that the Canadians are always behind. Well, I mean, you know, you can still say that because my mom's Scottish. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Right. So I don't know if that's where she got it from or, or like how she knew to do it. But that's so it's, it's kind of fascinating. I just thought it was a thing. Like I thought that existed this whole yeah. time. And then the more I'm hearing about it, I'm like, oh, wait a second. I've been living in the lap of bacon luxury. Indeed. I yeah. definitely like remember... It being like a time in my adult life when everybody, like in my, you know, of my friends that are interested in cooking, like became aware of it. Um, I've never, I mean, I've, I've tried it a couple of times. I think that the one thing that keeps me from doing it is that I'm afraid that it's going to spatter the inside of my oven with bacon grease and then right. I'm going to have to clean my oven like well, all the a, time. That's a very real fear. Um, <laughs> Cleaning an oven. Yeah, Oof. isn't it self-cleaning? <laughs> it, it I don't know. I don't know if it is. It's it's it doesn't have the like clean setting, and uh, I'm I don't know. It's also the summer, so I'm not trying to have that, a seven hundred degree box sitting in the corner <laughs> of my apartment. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Uh, one thing I will say, I really appreciate about that story you told about growing up in texas was that uh there was sausage and bacon yeah yeah <laughs> i feel yeah, like i feel like i'm always being asked to choose between them and i don't want to <laughs> i think so, they're friends you know Indeed. so patrick is this like it, it's changed your life in the way that now bacon is around even more or it's just a better Absol- a absolutely better type it's, of bacon uh no it's it's just it's around more often uh because it doesn't take as long it's not as messy right you don't you don't you know when you when you fry break bacon in a skillet you don't have to mind you've, it you've, you've got to mind it you've yeah. got airborne grease it sticks to yeah. everything yeah yeah, yeah i mean there's and, way more cleaning involved with that it's oh, just yeah. cleaning i'm like more comfortable with i would say <laughs> yeah 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 that you stick in the oven uh 17 minutes to 20 minutes depending on your doneness and the best thing is you can do it early in the morning, even on a hot day. Yeah. And, you know, if you just do that first thing... It's not going to destroy the apartment. No, yeah. and then by the time your oven cools down, you've got bacon ready to go and just kind of have it, you know, oh, throughout man. the next days or whatever. Now, tell me this. As a guy who is professionally concerned with the contents of his alcohol, are you a fancy bacon type of guy, or do you just get whatever bacon is at the store? I'll admit I'm a fancy bacon type of guy. I'm yeah, a, I, I've, I've gone fancy lately, and uh, I don't know if I'll ever go back. It's I, so yeah. much, so uh, much better. Please explain fancy bacon versus like just you're talking generic uh, grocery store bacon. Well, yeah, uh, like the f- like I'm talking like get it from the butcher, yeah, or get right. it from get I'll, it from I'll, a place. I've actually gone one step further, and um, I do have a bacon merchant. <laughs> oh, I want to know what a bacon merchant is so bad. So uh, his name is Julian. Uh, he does live here in Brooklyn, and he's also a merchant marine. Uh, what a bacon merchant this, marine? Uh, this is a true story. True story. I'm not making this up. Oh my god. Uh, he's been a great customer of ours in the shop for a while, and and one day he said to me, um, "Yeah, when I'm lying in, on some bacon." <laughs> when I'm in town, did he I'm, open his uh, trench coat and have <laughs> bacon hanging inside of it? Bacon on one side, watches on the other. <laughs> He said, uh, he said, well, I mean, you know, when I'm, when I'm here in town, I've got spare time and I, I, I bought this, uh, smoker and I've started, um, curing and, 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 and smoking my own bacon and I'm looking for, uh, an outlet to, to sell it. And, and, uh, it'd be kind of like a bacon CSA type of thing. Oh. And he said, are you interested? And I was, I said, well, Communi- yes. Community su- supported bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. I like <laughs> it. And, uh, so when he is in town, he brings me several pounds of bacon and it's, it's a slab of bacon. So I've started hand cutting my own bacon. Yeah. Wow. Um, and once I started doing that now, if he's, when he's not around and I'm going to the butcher, I'll, I'll have the butcher cut off like a pound and a half slab of bacon. Right. And, uh, and I won't let them slice it usually cause I can't get it the, the thickness that I want. So, yeah. so um, so I, I've gone pretty deep into this bacon world. Damn. Um, well, wow, I will. Like, uh, you just opened a can of worms there, Ben, when you said, are you a fancy bacon kind of guy? I had no idea <laughs> yeah, to answer that. I, yeah. I <laughs> mean, I, I thought I was a fancy bacon guy, and I am not. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. This is something I learned in in Texas a couple of years ago. I went uh, with our friend Jesse Thorne to South by Southwest, and a friend of his owns a sausage and beer restaurant. Um that is, uh, I forget what 
what it's called in uh, Austin, Texas. And um, the chef there made us something that he calls a bacon steak, which is he just cuts he cuts about a, a three quarter inch to an inch thick chunk of bacon. So this you know you could you could see this being cut into you know maybe five or six strips like you're used to, but it's just a three quarter inch thick cut. And then just cooks that on the grill as you would a as you would a steak like in some butter, and then he makes a sauce that is uh, maple syrup, sriracha, and Maldon sea salt. Come on! And oh, uh, you just dip it. You like cut it up and dip it in that as you eat it. it I is really really wish I had good. access to a, a sound effects panel right now. I just yeah. wanted to have like a jet sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like I like that it's labeled bacon steak and not something fancy like pork belly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, yeah, this guy also showed us his like cinder block smoking, like like meat smoking rig, and he's like, oh yeah, I've had a whole gator on this. <laughs> so what? He's not he's not the type to be you know he, he if he's not a highfalutin dude, but he's definitely like an adventurous palate. So wow. Um, yeah, that was a fun trip. Um, well, uh, Chris, yeah, I call them cottages if they're on the water. We have, uh, my, uh, great aunt had a beach cottage when I was a kid and we would go to the beach cottage every, yeah, every okay. summer. Okay. Cause I, well, so, so cottage country is not a, uh, a foreign term to you. Like, have you heard the term for I, that? Is, that country? is a phrase I, I am not familiar with. A phrase, uh, yeah. I mean, well, so, I mean, we have, like, we're surrounded by lakes up here, you know, like Thousand Islands and, and uh, you know, all kinds of oh, bodies of I'm water. I'm familiar with their dressing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know, you love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your favorite dressing. Um, it's good on a burger. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll mean, take that over bacon on a burger. Yeah. Uh, just not to, not to go back on... on uh, you a, take a controversial Island. subject that I'm sure Patrick will be a, on the opposite side of this issue, but I've I've come out against bacon on a hamburger. <laughs> oh, that's right, you have. Yeah, man, I I think it's I still and I say that it's a treat. You know, I say one in four burgers can have bacon on it. <laughs> I, I agree. It, it it can get excessive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, uh, I think bacon was the thing. Like like was the thing that. Uh, Put, like sent me into vegetarianism like that's the the, the last thing I, I i could not stand to give it up but it was seeing pigs go into the slaughterhouse i could all right chris you're bumming us out i'm sorry i couldn't do it but i'm back on don't worry i'm eating dead pig all the time yeah um anyway now so, now we're ignoring the ugliness of the world yeah yeah let's get back to these drinks yeah uh so yeah I, I, last week was the first time in i honestly can't remember how long that i uh, got to go up to uh, a cottage sort of retreat. Uh, my boss and his brother and uh, my boss's wife and kids. So it was kind of like a relaxed time. Oh, you know, that's like great. A, yeah, it was, uh, you know, beers were drank and, uh, you know, fun was had. But it was like a family sort of environment. So uh, pretty mellow. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've known people for years. Oh, I'm going to the cottage for the weekend. Or, yeah. you know, like I don't know them well enough to say, oh, I'm coming along. You know, um, so, uh, but a good friend of mine, his sister bought a cottage a couple of years ago. So, um, I'm going again next week, actually, like I say tomorrow. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, man, oh man, just, it is something, you know, the, the, the still water, the dock, you know, I don't, I'm not a fisherman, but I'm not afraid to fish, you know, yeah. I'll throw, a, I'll throw a line in the water. Yeah. You know? Put a bobber on, on that line. <laughs> totally. Drop yeah, it into the drink. Yeah. Then ignore it. And mm-hmm. uh, go about my day. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not going to be a fish. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is, is is cottage retreat something you get to do? Either one of you? Do you guys get to do that much? Or I mean, I definitely like. I know. I think in New York there is a pretty like a pretty like sizable chunk of the you know, more, more well-off portion of the population that is like every single weekend out and, you know, upstate or out on Long Island or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's like an aspirational lifestyle that I'm nowhere near having, but, (laughs) um, you know, I have, you know, family members or whatever that, uh, do that. Um, and I've occasionally like gotten an Airbnb with friends and gone, you know, 
mm-hmm. done it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 an extremely pleasant thing to do, and I feel like it really makes you appreciate the city. You know, like it it like the city can be a little bit of a grind sometimes, and mm-hmm. and being able to take the take the country air and uh, you know be annoyed that there isn't a bagel. Down, yeah. down on the corner <laughs> yeah. uh, for three you days. miss all the noise and, and yeah. pollution. Yeah, you come back and you're yeah. like, ah, civilization. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all for the, uh, you know, the midweek, you know, uh, well, I guess because right now I'm living a lifestyle where I can go midweek, but like, you know, just a two-day trip. I think yeah. this is two and a half days. I'll be gone three days tops. And uh, that kind of little bit of a, a vacation, you know, a mini vacation just to recharge refresh a little bit um i would argue that maybe three days is just when you start to ignore the the hum of the city or miss the hum of the city you yeah know? um gotta take some uh, bacon steaks up with you oh and i <laughs> and i'll just cook a tin of beans right on the fire you know mm. I, I'm, not oh, yeah. I'm not afraid i'm not afraid that's real camping yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah yeah uh i mean this is this so it's know. not a you're not staying in a cottage then no i am oh. but i'm gonna just you know what i'm gonna ignore the the creature comforts and just sit by the fire and cook a tin of beans like a weirdo sure <laughs> my, my wife and i go to uh the outer banks in north carolina oh wow year, and uh we rent what the lady who owns this place calls a cottage yeah um and it's on the beach yeah um, so go fuck yourself chris bowman we have cottages in america okay <laughs> I, you know the only, the only reason i brought this up was because i said this to somebody also who lives in new york and they're like cottage country i mean maybe, maybe it was more cottage country they had the problem with but i said a cottage and they what's a cottage and i said all right okay, all right well when we get off mike you tell me who that was and i'll go <laughs> okay. straighten them out <laughs> okay uh so yes you were saying patrick right so we go to uh to the outer banks in north carolina and it's a it's what they call a cottage but it's it's just four bedroom house with a garage and a driveway <laughs> right yeah. right you know it's it's yeah. um uh, but it's it is i'll tell you like seven days there we, we spend about six about seven days there and um i at the end of that trip i am not missing the city and i'm wondering <laughs> how the hell i can yeah stay, stay there. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i often wonder i mean can i can i manage away from the city for you know uh maybe long periods of time like live somewhere like somewhere quiet and i think no i could never how am i going to do that and then you know, you manage five days away, and you're like, I am not looking forward to going back to the, the the busyness of the city. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I would I would I would still uh, choose to have both if I could. Yeah. You well, know? we had this conversation recently, didn't we? That's ben? the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and uh, you know, I think it's like closer at hand if you really want to make it your lifestyle than a lot of people think like mm-hmm. my uh well long island has a uh, surprisingly close areas yeah uh, that- i mean and like you know i mean obviously not everybody lives in toronto or new york but like my cousin frank uh you know they teach in the city they oh, sure cousin both, frank they're, they're both teachers and uh they bought like a little piece of land in in vermont and he like went up there three summers in a row and like put up a little put up a little cabin and yeah they have like a place to go on the well, weekends now i mean that's a proper that's a proper cabin slash cottage i mean cottages like the ones where you're talking about patrick like the four bedroom you know double garage or yeah. whatever you know <laughs> i mean like those those are i mean up here in the muskoka area like the, they're just mansions like they're right. not cottages they're yeah. yeah they are homes away from home and arguably better than the homes that people come from you know but, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah much more space you know yeah get spread out mm-hmm um well uh i think we should probably move on to our listener quest yeah i think we should here's our listener request now hey guys this is justin a long time listener first time caller i was calling with a uh a drink request um my, we just found out that uh, my wife is pregnant, and so I want hey. a good cocktail Yay. that I can make both virgin and extremely non-virgin at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. Uh, 
Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, one of it's it's proven that uh, somebody is an extremely non-virgin now that somebody's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations to both yeah, of you, congratulations. Justin and partner. Uh, Before we get to the drink, I just want to point out that that guy's voice is a dead ringer for Roman Mars from the Ninety Nine Percent Invisible podcast. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I was like, I was listening. I was like, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy <laughs> from? And then I was like, Oh, he just sounds exactly like Roman Mars. Let me just play you a little snippet. My, we just found out that uh, my wife is pregnant, and so that's wanna, Roman Mars. Yeah, that's right pretty. There. That is true. Wow, I did not catch that. Justin, but, if you ever want to do like a ninety-eight percent invisible parody podcast, you've got <laughs> the voice for it, buddy. <laughs> uh, so this this first one, I'm gonna give the the. Because I went with two different cocktails, uh, rather than just removing the booze from one and calling it virgin. I thought it would be, this is a special event, so let's just go with two. Yeah, let's celebrate a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, and I guess it comes with a bit of, ca- of, of a caveat. Um, I guess I was reading that pregnant uh, women should not drink unpasteurized or fresh-squeezed juices. I don't know how true that is, so I'm sure, hmm. you know. Maybe that's uh, a Canadian thing. Yeah, up here in Canada, we're very safe. I have a friend that drank during her pregnancy. I mean, not like crazy, but, you know. Drank alcohol. It, yeah, it's apparently like kind of overstated how how uh, problematic that is. And if you're, you know, oh, right. keeping, it to, keeping <laughs> it to a moderate, you know. Like, I think I, just, I don't think just, she had more than one drink, you know, in a... A day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and probably not even that. But like, if she no, was out course. to dinner with friends and like people were getting wine, she would have a glass of wine, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think wine might be the exception. I don't know if you know pounding pints of beer or you know even a pint of beer or something. I don't know how good that would be. Let's but, just say anything you buy in the Duke's liquor box is safe to be yes. consumed during pregnancy. Yes, <laughs> Patrick. It's funny how much I want to call you Duke. Actually, uh, I've been you know, uh, yeah. Well, uh, there there is a duke. He, he, is there? Uh, yeah, there is indeed. He's my son. He's almost four years old. Hey, hey. Duke's, duke's got a liquor box. He's only four. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first drink up here is the non-alcoholic beverage. It's uh, and it's also uh, maybe not aptly titled called "Safe Sex on the Beach." Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, three ounces of cranberry juice, three ounces of grapefruit juice, two ounces of peach nectar, and one maraschino cherry. You're gonna and a latex condom. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna put the glass in a latex condom. Oh uh, man, put it, fill it, fill a latex condom with the ingredients, <laughs> shake and th- throw at a kid. Disgusting. That is disgusting, Ben. Uh, so you're gonna pour over ice uh, in a chilled glass and stir and garnish with the maraschino cherry. That's so pretty it's pretty good. simple. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and let's get to the meat here, shall we? Um, <laughs> let's get to the is, bacon steak of the matter. Now, I think uh, this call came in two or at this point probably three weeks ago now, and I don't know what stage of the pregnancy your wife is at, so um, maybe you know the sex of the baby, maybe you don't, but either way, this drink is called a coin toss. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, Now, maybe, Patrick, you can correct me here, or Ben, uh, two ounces of scarlet ibis. Ibis, is that right? Ibis rum? Yeah, yeah, that's scar- Scarlet Ibis. Okay. Uh, three quarter ounces of Carpano Antica uh, Formula Vermouth, a quarter ounce yellow chartreuse, a quarter ounce Benedictine, and two dash- uh, dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Are you going to stir all ingredients with ice and strain into a cocktail glass? Wow. So that's another one that's going to pack a little bit of a wallop. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's that all booze. Very yeah. non virgin. Yeah, as requested. <laughs> um,. Well, speaking of packing a wallop, I'm dying to try this uh, this Amaro that you brought. Yeah, it's uh, it's it is uh, it's it's quite quite interesting. It, I would describe it as bracingly bitter. Wow, um, I'm I'm bracing myself. And, uh, <laughs> uh, somewhat unrivaled on a palate effect. So it's prodotti delle nostre Alpi, Elisir Novasolos. It is. Well done. It's, uh, from yeah, that was very well done. Can you guys tell that I've been in Italy recently? <laughs> It's from the from the folks that uh, bring us Capaletti, um, oh. which is on the opposite spectrum of this. The Capaletti is a is a nice aperitif wine, right? Um, red in color, colored with cochineal, and and uh, a very very light aperitif. I'd say like in the aperol style, right? Um, so this stuff here is it's it's an amaro. Um, uh, there is a, a bit of sugar, lots of herbs, tons and tons of bittering components. Yeah, would you um, say it's like a um, similar to a uh, a uh, what do you call that? A 
a uh, shit for net <laughs> uh be, beyond that it's not it's, it's, it's oh wow it's um Fernet is, is a lot more medicinal. Be still my heart. <laughs> um, this is, well, you'll see here soon enough. It's uh, bordering, um, it, it's got a little bit of almost um, a fish sauce character to it as well. Whoa. It's dark. It's, um, it is, uh, it's, it's definitely like very color, you know, rich in color. Yeah, and, and that color is all, is all natural based on the herbs that they're putting into this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll stick with you probably till tomorrow. Okay. Um, wow. That is a warning. So uh, <laughs> I've been, how do you, how do you normally take this? Cause I've, I've been drinking Fernet just I, like, this is more of a winter thing for me, but I'll just put Fernet in some ice and sit yeah. there and sip on it all night. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's the way you would do this. This would, I mean, this is more of a digestif. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. This is, it, ta- it smells like, um, it's, it, it smells like, uh, uh, like wormwood smell like raw have you ever yep. messed with like actual wormwood bark yes. yes yeah you're right it uh it it hits the nostril in in a very <laughs> similar way oh yeah that's that's funky um so this is this is um to be drank the, the way you just described i mean are you aware of any cocktails that, that we've we've actually uh we've enlisted as many people as possible to try and fit this into a cocktail and um it's it is um it's just such it's a very lasting finish yeah yeah um it does work well with um you know with with heavy foods and um hmm. very salty and uh foods and um but no i don't know yet what mm-hmm. this fits into um it's it's really kind of on its own right now it's funny like the the bitterness after that first punch really like turns into the into the lasting effect and then and then you get everything else on subsequent sips you know like yeah. all of the other parts of the flavor yeah um, it's it's almost fatiguing up front at first and then yeah yeah but it's definitely like chilling out in my mouth just making my mouth taste bitter <laughs> it, right like if you don't keep drinking it yeah it, it just becomes overwhelmingly bitter it's almost like when you eat an incredibly hot salsa or right, a hot yeah, sauce. you have to keep going. If you just keep eating it it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it works it makes sense you just can't stop eating it and that sounds like a, uh, a a problem <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i gotta keep drinking this otherwise i gotta the aftertaste is gonna hit me yeah i'm not sure if this is uh is is one that you would you would love chris given your uh your antipathy toward um uh what's it called again for net. <laughs> well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I mean, I find like, and I don't know if I've said this before, but Campari is the cilantro of the alcohol world, where it's like, oh yeah, uh, in the way that like it only takes a little bit, you know. That mm-hmm. I mean, it's quickly overpowering. Like it kind of takes over. Uh, and I do. I do like to sip on Fernet, but it's um, it is like sipping on perfume. Well, have, have you had any other Fernet than Branca? No, I haven't. So okay, that's so, maybe that's maybe so the other. Next time you're here, Chris, I've got a couple of uh, new entrants into the Fernet uh, into the Fernetiverse. Well, you better believe I'll be <laughs> swinging by Duke's Liquor Box. I'll tell you what, uh, I want to come and actually bring home liquor this time. Every time I've come down there, I leave empty-handed, and I don't know why that is. It's stupidity, probably, but um, big mistake. Yeah, I know. I definitely uh, need to open up my Fernet. Uh, repertoire. Yeah, your frenetoire. Frenetoire. Yeah, there are there. There's there's a there's a big world out there that 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 uh, you have well, to discover. Yeah, and I mean, just uh, obviously the, the same goes for like Campari. You know, like the, those kinds of. Like you're saying there's better alternatives out there, and I'm, you know, I'm still kind of ignorant to those. So uh, that too, because Campari is also, you know, divisive. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um. Are the companies that put stuff on the on the shelves in your in your store like trying to get to be big brands, or are they kind of not trying to get to be big brands? They're trying to be something else. I, I think that, well, that's a very good question, and it, it's something that I often think about. It's almost like um, if you know you're, you're making a small brand because you want to control every aspect of it, right? And and you want it to be natural, and you. Um, but your at the end of the day, your goal is you know to make money and right. um, continue to make this product and pay yeah, your bills. Yeah, I mean, like you hear about like 
you know, Sean Puffy Combs making two hundred fifty million dollars <laughs> off of his to endorse stake in Ciroc. Yeah, you know, yeah, to endorse a product. Sure. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I I think about that all the time too. I I start, you know, wh- what if we all fall in love with, um, um, you know, a bourbon that's made in 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 a, you know, in in let's say made here in Brooklyn, and we think it's the finest bourbon that we've ever had. And, right. Uh, the rest of the world gets into it, and all of a sudden they're beyond their means of production, and right. you know, they need to cut corners to to uh, make twenty million barrels a year or whatever. Right. Right. So what's going to happen with that? It's like it's like um, you know, uh, being like a true punk rocker where you, yep. you know, <laughs> w- once you, your band is successful first. and you make money, now you're not punk rock anymore. Right. You know, like how, you know, what, what's going to happen with these guys? Who knows? Some of them do have strategies to, to, I, I imagine, uh, the big picture is to get sold and somebody else buy them and continue on. That happens a lot. Yeah. Um, Hudson Baby Bourbon and is an example where you know they they are now they're owned by a, a large large conglomerate. Wow, I didn't um, know that. Stranahan's out of Colorado. Same thing happened with those guys. They're owned by Cuervo now. Huh. So um, who knows? Yeah, I mean it's not necessarily the end of the world if it if right, they're still making the same quality of thing. Right, arguably yes. But it's not an easy like needle to thread because all yeah. of the pressure is on just. How do you get it as big as possible? Well, Ben, you know, fortunately for you, like we're going to have to think about this a little more in depth because of, you know, we're starting that vodka company. And <laughs> this is your, your cake batter flavored vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, what, uh, what's what, the did we, company? what did we call our, our oh, vodka man. company? A we couple. can't even remember what it's called, which is great news for everyone. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to find it right <laughs> now. It was... It was the buzzword vodka. Buzzword vodka. Bu- yes. Buzzword vodka. <laughs> that's buzzword gonna vodka. that's yeah. gonna work. Or buzz vodka, I guess, would probably be pretty. Is there? Bu- oh, there's yeah. buzz. There's already buzz products. I, think. I feel yeah. like there's got to be a buzz something already. Yeah. Bu- there bu- is. The, buzzword the, vodka has the best distillery tour, though. That's I th- we yeah. stand by our distillery yeah. tour. <laughs> I think buzz. There's a buzz beer, and I think it's made with marijuana. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm sure. There's oh, a, you Canadians <laughs> and your crazy. Yeah. No, I, I I don't even know if we can claim rights to that. I think it's uh Anyway, we're going to do it. So look forward to Buzzword Vodka in a store near you. Probably not Duke's Liquor because it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be huge. It's going to be a $100 million company this time next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will. Patrick will give you the first bottle off the line, though. Don't worry. I do appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. you got it. You can uh, keep it locked in a closet somewhere. <laughs> Patrick, how do uh, how do people find you um, if they want to come to Duke's Liquor Box? Where where are you guys located? We are located in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, one seven zero Franklin Street. We're between Java and Kent, uh, the very tail end of the historic district of Greenpoint. By the way, it's a uh, it's a real nice afternoon to just walk up and down uh, Franklin Street. It is. It is. Uh, We're right by the East River. And lots of nice little restaurants and interesting shops to poke your nose in, and uh, uh, you know, not least of which is Duke's Liquor Box. And uh, and uh, you guys always have something interesting going on in the store next door, which I believe you are owners of. Yes, that that's our space as well. In yeah. fact. Uh, um, we've had several pop-up businesses in there, and so it is very interesting. It changes quite often. Uh, our, our, I think our, our goal for uh, beginning of, of uh, 2016 is to use that space for larger educational purposes. Hmm. So, um, uh, whiskey 101 type classes, cool. gin classes, history of a gin and tonic, history of the Negroni, that type of thing. Yeah. Oh. So, we we uh, we do have a website. It's Duke's Liquor Box. You should have uh, you should have us in with our award-winning tending the home bar class that we teach. I think we should do that. that would Absolutely, be, that would be great. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, uh, and are you got you guys have a website and Twitter and everything? Yep, we do have all that. Now it it is a true mom and pop operation, so our our website is not extremely flashy and uh, all that informative quite yet because we are building that ourselves but uh so yeah. bear, bear with us there i i, I dig it I, I i i i like the honesty of it yeah i mean um, here's the thing for listeners outside of new york uh new york is a popular tourist destination so uh when you're there yeah if and when you're there but if you if you like this show you're gonna love yeah you're gonna love the store so yep make it um, a point to stop in well you can also follow chris on twitter at chris b chicken 
And Benjamin at Benjamin R A H R. And you can follow our show at Drink About It. Um, please uh, go on our website, www.letsdrinkabout.it, and uh, call in a, uh, a, a life event and we'll pair a drink for you. Yeah, there um, was also a listener, uh, Corey, uh, uh, mentioned on Twitter that we don't take uh, requests on Facebook. And that's not true. We have yeah. done them in the past. So I mean, we will take a, a Facebook or a Twitter request, but we prefer people to call them in because it's nice to hear your voice. Um, yeah, and it's very simple to do, so don't be afraid. Yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, uh, we also uh, could really use your help uh, with reviews on iTunes. Give us... Uh, a nice review on iTunes and uh, write something about what you like about the show because uh, that's the that's the way we we grow our audience and uh, we mm-hmm. really appreciate everybody that uh, has already done that and we really resent everybody who hasn't. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we should thank Graham Walsh and Paul Watling. Thank you, fellas. And we should thank Patrick. Oh shit! I lost your last name. Casey. Daisy, uh, <laughs> all these, Patrick. all these, all this bitterness that's still lingering yeah, on I, my I palate, you, right? It's, uh, it's, wiped my memory. It's mind-numbing. <laughs> Patrick, I'm glad that we we mentioned way back when when we first met you that uh, it'd be cool to have you on someday, and I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah, yeah, it took us a lot of phone tag to to remember to make it happen, but uh, <laughs> I'm really glad we did. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, cool. It's been emotional. <laughs> um, with that, we will be back at you next week more life events and more drinks to go perfectly with them later potato do not choke on your rum and coke <laughs> yeah no contractions either uh bye bye <laughs> bye